Welcome to the Flipside Podcast, where we talk everything upside down and inside out. And today, I know I say every time that I have a very special guest, but I do feel that way every time. But today, this is really, really special because this is my childhood friend, Kylan Kincaid, coming on. And we haven't seen or spoken to each other aside from like a reconnection on uh, socials in the last couple of years. We haven't spoken in face to face in probably 20 years, probably more than that. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when we were reconnecting on socials, what was funny is that like, I'm always, you know, talking about the X-Files or talking about aliens or talking about something along those lines. And so Kylan started sending me UFO videos and like government <laughs> tracking videos. And I was like, oh, shit, 20 years apart. But we still we still can resonate on some really like similar topics. So this is so funny. So today, too, I wanted to get into like a little bit of the alien content. But, you know, we'll see where this conversation rolls. But I really want to hear about what you've been up to because I see, like, I don't know how much you've been doing recently, but within the last couple of years, you've been traveling around the country, the world, and I think you were doing a little bit of, like, ministry work. Uh, yeah. So if you can tell us more about that, like, how did that start? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, so what's up, guys? Super excited to be here, by the way. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's and an honor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I was graduating from high school. Probably, I don't know, man, I was desperate to like do something. And so I was going to go to the military. But then, you know, I just that was just based off me wanting to travel around and I don't know, do something crazy. And then so I started thinking like before I just go out and start killing people, maybe there's another option that I could test out. And so, yeah, I found this organization that's called YWAM, it's just Youth with a Mission. And so it's like a Christian missionary organization um, and they have just bases all over the world. And so, um, yeah, I started doing this like six month program. It's called a discipleship training school. And depending on the base or which location you're at, they have sort of different um, things that the ministry time is oriented around. So uh, I went to Los Angeles and was in San Fernando for six months um, with like a skateboard DTS. So we kind of just went to skate parks and uh, made relationships with people and did cookouts and a lot of stuff like that. And just, yeah, I don't know, tried to just develop relationships and then um, just remind people that there's more to life than uh, what's on the surface and just kind of going after the thing and try to uh, initiate deeper conversations with people yeah. and uh, yeah, get them into deeper relationships. And then, so from there, um, met this girl, Sarah, and she was pioneering a new school in Barcelona, um, like for artists. So it was oriented around a lot of arts and creative stuff. And so, I don't know, she was like, Hey, you should come try this out and be one of the first people that kind of helped me pioneer this thing. So I went to Barcelona and was there for a while and yeah, I don't know, man, just, kind of traveled around with um, YWAM for a little while. I did um, 
it's all volunteer work. So you don't really get paid for it. So I would kind of do it for like six to eight months and then go back home, uh, save enough money to do it again. And then just kind of did that cycle for a while. And it was a little discouraging at times just because I'm like, man, I'm coming back to like zero. Every time I come back home, I don't really have anything left and just kind of lived out of a backpack for like a long time. Um, but yeah, I got to travel, got to see the world, experience a lot of cultures, have a lot of crazy conversations with people from all different backgrounds. Um, but yeah, spend time in uh, Barcelona and spend time in Norway and China and Mexico, um, Korea for a little bit. And just, I don't know, I enjoy talking to people and hearing what they believe about the world and their perceptives or perceptions of the things that they've done. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. That's so cool to know. So for anybody who has been wanting to figure out how to travel the world, this seems like a really good option, even though you might be living out of a backpack, but I've never been to Korea. That's so cool. Yeah, it definitely has its up and downs. And depending on the location you go to, I mean, it could be a completely different experience from another one. It's it's pretty like the organization itself is very decentralized. So uh, depending on what area you end up in, it's really just the community of people that's there. It's kind of how it's going to determine how it goes. So very, yeah. very cool, though. I feel like in some way you have been shadowing me a little bit like where your location is at but I didn't recognize it until I would see some of your posts so it's like yeah. did not know that you were in LA the same time yeah. that I was and then I was just in Barcelona for the first time last June yeah. and I think you were there like very shortly Probably, after yeah. and yeah. so it was just like it was this cool thing where I was like okay like we're kind of on this sim similar like I'm maybe yeah. I'm gonna run into him eventually because it's about yeah. that time. Like, you know, when you establish these childhood relationships where you're like, this is just so funny. Like we spent so much time together as kids and just for background, not that everybody listening needs to know, but our moms were super close and Kylan and I kind of had this like bro little, it was like brother sister dynamic as kids. And it was like, you were like the only person <laughs> I talked to for like many years. So it's so yeah. funny how time can, you know, push you guys away from each other but then you just you're kind of shadowing each other it's like once you meet that energy is there and yeah, yeah that friendship I, is always there by the way I never found that watermelon juice that you said was in Barcelona for some reason I just couldn't find it <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh okay so I was going on a tangent when I went to Barcelona be or when I got back from Barcelona because their watermelon juice for everybody listening is so good. And I'm sorry that you cannot find it. I don't yeah, know dude, what that up. was, but it was so refreshing and it actually tasted thicker. And so like, I never felt that hydrated before. And I was yeah. like, Oh, people in Europe don't really drink that much water. And you're wondering why. And you're like, Oh, it's because everything is way more hydrating. Like it well, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was beautiful. I'm sorry that you didn't find it, but no, you know. I, I love Barcelona just in general because I feel like they have um, like such a good sense of celebration. I don't yes. know. I feel like every time you turn around, somebody's like excited and shouting and there's just a reason to party all the time. Oh, uh, when it's I was there, cool. when I was there, I was like, I don't know if I could actually live here because I think it is truly the way that I, I want to live. 
And I know that sounds crazy. So like maybe later in life kind of thing, because right. I was like, I think I would just be too content and too at peace yeah. because you that don't really sense. need to wake up at a specific time. I was hanging out with my friend who, um, me, well, me and my friend Nevin, we had gone for her work trip at the time. Now I work for that company and our mutual friend lives in Barcelona. So I kind of got that little, you know, sneaky local experience because yeah. they knew where to go, but they were telling me they were like, I only work like three hours a day. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's like a siesta at like halfway yeah. through the day and then nothing's open. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is my country. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it's really cool to hear that you, you also have that mutual experience of being there and going there, but I love too. So for those of you guys who have been listening for a while, I haven't really spoken about this on the podcast yet, but now I think it was maybe September can't remember the exact date, but I decided to get baptized and I had not really been into Christianity for years. I had grown up going to church with my grandparents, but it was never a you have to go kind of thing. So it stumbled back into my life of just granting me a lot of peace. And I started recognizing that me seeking all these other things, it all kind of led back to the message that's in the Bible, which is interesting to me. And I think a lot of people don't put the Bible in their studies for some reason. Like when you start studying occult stuff, or you start studying aliens, or you start studying life, you forget. Like there, there's this one best-selling book. <laughs> it's the number one most of the book. And you're like, oh, wow. Like there's a lot in there that we did not even recognize because you know you go to sunday yeah. school and they t teach you here and there and then you start really diving in and you're like oh there, there's a lot of peace in this and there's a lot of positivity and so i want to know how that part of your life kind of you know worked itself into where you're at today you know i i think i remember you as a kid studying the bible but has it always just been that key part of your life or did you lose it for a yeah. little bit and then decide to get back on track? Like what's your story with yeah, it? Yeah. So, okay. Um, it's really, really interesting. Um, because yeah, I always kind of believed like, you know, Jesus is like a, he was a real person, you know, I, I didn't have a hard time believing that. And I, you know, just kind of thought, Oh, he's a cool guy. I can, you know, model my life after him. And that's, that's it. Um, so, yeah, I went to some Baptist churches and stuff growing up, and I just had this, like, perception that it was just a bunch of old people hanging out. Like, there's nothing interesting there. Like, nothing, like, okay. Uh, you know, and part of that is just because it's a very large retirement community where I grew up, and so there's just old people everywhere. Um, but, you know, I could, I was super interested and wanted to go into, like, all the doctrine and stuff, but the thing that really sold me was just an experience. It was like an encounter that I had and um, no, nobody could argue with it. Right. So that was kind of the firm foundation. So um, how that started was that um, my mom was going through a lot of hard times, you know, my stepdad had left and she got like very depressed and started, you know, doing some like drugs here and there, you know, and I kind of started to see my life or my mom's life, um, in a place of desperation and she had started going to this church by herself, never invited me to go. Like, you know, she, she was just doing it on her own. 
you know, it was never something that was like forced on me. She was just like, do your own thing, you know? And so I just saw this transformation in my mom's life. You know, she stopped doing the drugs that she was doing, like just cold, cold turkey. And, um, uh, started to see a change in her life. And then one day she was like, Hey, there's this, um, conference happening at this church and it's called men of war. So I was like, all right, I'm kind of interested. So then I went there and it was like sort of like a week long conference. There was this lady from South Africa that was there. Her name was Solomon Timbers. And she was just there to like kind of edify the church and just build them up. And so they were like speaking every day. So I went to this, went to this uh, service and she was there, man. And uh, dude, like I started to recognize the power of God, like, because she was like, she knew everything about me, you know? And I know that there's people outside of the, the community of Christians that, you know, can do this as well. But at this time I was, I was really young and I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Um, and things were happening in the name of Jesus. There was a guy that, you know, was in a wheelchair and was prayed for and just got up and started running around. And so I was like, what the heck, dude, this is crazy. So then I was like, somebody's got to see this. Right. So I, I went and talked to my friend Wade and, um, I got him and his, his girlfriend at the time, Morgan to like come to the, one of the services. I was like, dude, it's, it's getting wild. Like I've never seen this type of stuff. And so, um, Morgan like had really bad, like scoliosis. Right. And dude, she was prayed for and like her spine was straightened. She has like before and after x-rays and it's like, it's ridiculous. So then I started thinking like, dude, there is like, there's a living like force, right. That's like still at work in today's world. And I don't think that's the part that I didn't realize. Yeah. Is that like, there is like a power that we can tap into beyond ourselves that um, I think could, I mean, very, very well be much greater than what we could accomplish on our own. Right. Um, and so, yeah, started seeing this thing. So I, I started recollect, like realizing that, whoa, there's like power in the name of Jesus. Like there's, there's things that are happening in his name and people are, you know, believing this, this crazy thing. So then, um, yeah, that was kind of like the Holy Spirit. Like, I feel like I would have wanted him to come into my life so that now the Spirit of God can like operate through me. And so I was like in this path and still like all over the place of like what the heck to do. I was still super fascinated with like, um, like expanding my consciousness. Right. So I was like, okay, how can I do this? Right. Because initially I just, I wanted to like read books and have a greater understanding of what I was reading. I wanted to like not walk around like what I perceived everybody else walking around, just kind of like numb in a daze, like robotic, you know? So I was like, dude, I want to feel alive. Right. And so, yeah, I kind of started wanting to increase my consciousness. So then even after those experiences, man, I like, I got into like psychedelic drugs and, uh, did lots of acid and shrooms just because I was like trying to like expand my mind, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't until like much later that I realized that the things that increase your awareness are the very things that the Bible will tell you to do. It's like things like, you know, random acts of kindness or continual prayer. And I I found later on that those, those are the things that like will increase your awareness. Anyway, um, there's one other encounter I had shortly after that, that really kind of sealed the deal. And um, I mentioned that my mom was going through a tough time 
and I was about to graduate from high school, probably 2012. And so, um, man, my, I lived in a double wide trailer with my mom and neither one of us had a job. Um, we had like $2,000 left in the bank account. Uh, yeah, the house was foreclosed on. So we were kind of just waiting for the bank to come like, take it away. My mom was going to move back, um, four hours away with, to go live with her mom because she was getting sick. And, um, so she was just going to take care of her and I was going to move out and live with my friends. Cause I didn't want to leave Myrtle beach. Yeah. And so she said, well, like for your graduation, I'll use the $2,000 that we have to get you a car so that you can get back and forth from a job. And then I'll just go stay with my mom and good luck. And so that was kind of the plan. Um, my mom like went and emptied out her bank account and got the $2,000 that we had and was driving home. And just so happened that there was like some sort of church service. I don't know that my mom like stopped by and she was sitting there with the, like had the envelope of money and just kind of thought to herself, like, there's nothing that we can do with the money to get ourselves out of the situation that we're in, but like maybe God could do something. Mm. So then she just gave all of the money that we had to like this just random I don't know. I don't know where it went, but she gave it away. Yeah. And um, it was kind of like a moment where I was like, God, like, uh, well, I'm in your hands, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what's going to happen, but like, I have to trust you. I have no other option. And then so uh, like about a week later, we got like an envelope in the mail. Me and my mom opened it up and it just said letter of forgiveness, like on the envelope. And we looked at it and it was, it was the title to our house. And so at the time we still had owed like $70,000, like on the house that we were living in, it was foreclosed. We didn't have any money, you know, so pretty much no, no really hope in sight. And yeah, we got that title to the house and then took it to the bank. My mom was like called into this upper conference room where there was bankers from all the different branches in our city. And they were like, just, confounded like we have no idea how you got this um it doesn't make any sense like we've been banking for 20 years never have seen this happen and then they apparently had lost the mortgage that was on file in their bank and so they said that they had no option but to give us the title to the house and so um, my mom turned around and sold it for thirty thousand dollars and then moved in with who's my stepdad now but i just kind of think back to that and realize that you know, that's like from owing $70,000 in debt to, you know, selling the house for 30,000. It's, it's a hundred thousand dollar difference within just a few weeks after my mom just gave everything that we had to God. And so between me recognizing that like there was power in the name of Jesus and through the Holy spirit and like this encounter, and then realizing that I can trust him, just those two things combined was enough for me to want to dive in more about um what what's going on in the world like what is what is who is this guy that lived 2000 years ago i'm so like what the heck you know so right um yeah that was a thing that motivated me to kind of jump into the youth with a mission just because i wanted to learn more about what was going on right and that's such a powerful story because not only did you have to go into total surrender but then you had to go into total trust and faith which 
are two very hard things for humans to do. Humans don't like to give up control. They don't like to give up power. And to just be there to say, okay, that is huge. And I think I would have that same thought too, where, you know, whatever I have perceived before, there's something else out there. I might not be able to verbally communicate what it is, but there's something else going on that is greater than me (laughs) yeah yeah no it's it's so so cool cool. and yeah and then over time I started to realize that um this this kind of is something that supported my faith but it's in the realm of like scientific um understanding I guess but I started to realize there's a guy his name is Greg Braden he wrote a book called the divine matrix and the spontaneous healing of belief and really cool guy and so I started looking through a lot of his material and um, one of the things that he talks about is that um, obviously this world is made up of this electromagnetic field, right? Some people call it the matrix. Um, Max Planck is originally the guy that came up with the term. And so, uh, yeah, it's this field of energy, this uh, electromagnetic field. And so our bodies actually influence this field around us right Right. and so our brain has like a certain amount of electrical energy and uh also magnetic um influence over the world around us and then i I realized listening to this guy greg Braden, that um our heart also has Mm -hmm. those same functions right so our heart has 500 times more electrical energy than our brain and has over 5,000 times more magnetic influence over the world around us than our brain does. And so I just thought like so often throughout my life, I've been trying to uh, mentally come to conclusions and mentally think of ways to change the world around me uh, or my behavior. But I realized that our heart itself has its own neural network. And so the two were kind of like a little bit, you know, they're in different positions, but Uh, so if we want to really change the world around us, like we have to like do it through our heart, like it has Mm -hmm. so much more implication. And so I don't know, I just think, what are some of the experiences that engages my heart the most for me to make an effort towards changing this world? And just every encounter I have with like the Holy spirit and stuff that it really, um, just affects my heart in like the deepest way. And so for me, I haven't found another better way to like, um, really, yeah, tap into that potential of the power of the heart, uh, any other way better than, um, through what I've experienced with the Holy spirit. Right. I actually, when you said the heart connection, I got the visual, I've seen him talk about that. He's the guy with the gray hair, right? And yes. Okay. This man too, for everybody who doesn't know who we're talking about go look him up because he has incredible interviews and shows he I actually first found him on Gaia the platform like years ago and so when you just said that I was like this guy sounds so familiar and I remember hearing that heart connection and how when you really tap into being loving and and free whichever way that you can get there 
that is how you manifest. So a lot of people think, oh, like manifestation is just think the positive thoughts. But if you're not actually feeling that and you're not coming from that place of true intention, then that's where a lot of people get stuck. And so I love this reminder to remember how like literally your chest area feels because then we can go into a whole chakra talk and all of that kind of stuff. But this is just so cool and such a great reminder. And I also wanted to to piggyback off of all of this too. What I love and what we've talked about before is how I love how even though you identify as a Christian, you're still so open-minded to all these different topics and, and concepts. And I think a lot of people, especially over the last, what, 20, 30 years, have really gotten a bad taste in their mouth about Christianity. And I was somebody who was raised by one parent who was atheist and then the other one that was grew up in the church but was also very open-minded so I it was like I got this push and pull about the religion and I always heard talk about how it's actually just so demonic like it's actually the opposite of what people think it is and I think that's why this year when I decided to get baptized I was like wait we've been hearing everybody else's stories but we haven't taken the time to really look into this ourselves again uh that's at least my own personal experience so what do you say yeah yeah yeah. oh sorry I I was gonna say that um I will say that the majority of people that claim to be Christians definitely do not do a good job representing what they believe and so obviously I could I mean, I agree with that too. I I don't think that I have a bad taste in my mouth. Either. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I ha- I did too. I And I saw that because for me too, I, I was like the kid that grew up that because I didn't go to church every Sunday, I had like little girls and boys bullying me on the playground that were like, you're going to hell. That's like, crazy, and I was like, damn, I didn't know that Christians do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> it was very different than yeah. what I assumed, you know, love your neighbor, act from kindness. Right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's all about really embodying those good qualities that are a part of the religion. And again, it's, you know, you find what resonates for your, for you and what is really powerful. But I will say that when I finally tapped into just some of the teachings, it was totally life transforming for myself as well. Like I was somebody for the last, God, it was like 10 years, probably maybe more than that, where I was just, I was a very high performing depressed person. Like if you saw me, you would never know that I was depressed, but I was super depressed. And it was because I never really had something that showed itself to be bigger than me and to be Mm -hmm. bigger than whatever this life was. And, you know, the hustle and bustle, the you do this because you have to, you know, you get to that point. I think a lot of young people do too, where you ask yourself, what is this all for? And regardless of what you end up finding purpose in, this is a path that can really help somebody at least start to get out of that hole. And that's what happened for me. Yeah, man, it it really is super interesting. It is crazy. Uh, (laughs) But I Um, do like too how even though this is something, because I think a lot of people as well, there are some Christians and some very religious people that even looking towards aliens or things outside of the sphere of humanity would be considered sacrilegious. 
And so that's why I think we also rebonded when we found each other again on, on socials, because it was right, like, yeah. oh shit, like you like this too. And it's not like <laughs> demonic yeah. to look into it, uh, whatever else that somebody could, you know, yeah. place fear in your I, heart about. Yeah. But For me, I've, I've definitely um, sort of really experienced a major duality between just the, I don't know, positions you can be in in life, you know, because when I was, you know, growing up with my friends, I kind of was the only one that really felt this way or, you know, so I felt alone in, in a lot of aspects um, of people not understanding like how I think or, you know, what my faith is or what I believe, or, I mean, in a lot of areas. Amen. And then, so, um, but yeah, I kind of felt like, I don't want to say like, felt like I maybe had the highest moral standard of my friends, like out of my friends. Yeah. But then when I went to some of these like Christian organizations, I felt like I had the lowest standard out of the group of people that were there. So I've never really been like in the mix. I've always been like on an extreme side of, of one of the two. Yeah. And so like over the past few years, I've kind of just been trying to find like, what's the, like, what's the good healthy medium where I'm not like excluding all of the people that I grew up with because they don't understand or, um, and I, I don't want to dive into like the, the craziness of Christianity where, you know, people, like you said, or there's avoid the cognitive dissonance at any cost. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I kind of just, just been exploring. I don't know. Right. That's kind of like, it's kind of the way I like to think about it. Yeah. That's the way that I like to go about it too, because if there is all this information, why not look through all of it and then see what yeah. works best for the individual? Exactly. Because we yeah. all are different and we don't all have to be exactly on the same page right yeah yeah so I love that and I want to know too because again going into the alien and, and government stuff this is so funny yeah. I just I just find it so funny that you know being kids and it's like you're kids you're not talking about this kind of stuff with each other mm -hmm. you know and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like oh we still like the same yeah. things <laughs> it's so funny yeah, so, I mean I can I can sh like explain how I how I kind of got there. Yes, please. Um, I want, I want to know if you've had any, like, like what your first experience into getting there was like, because did right. you have any, is some people, they start researching a lot of aliens because they had some weird experience happen. So right, did you right. have a weird experience happen or like, what was your first deep dive into all of this? Um, so let's see. I've, I've always kind of, I mean, ever since I can remember, I've had like hyper, like vivid dreams. And so for as long as I can remember, there's been like aliens abducting me in my dreams and like I'm fighting with laser guns and stuff. And so, um, <laughs> so I've just always kind of thought like, man, why are these aliens just like all up in my subconscious right now? Um, and it could have just been that maybe I felt like an alien to my environment at the time, but um, yeah, I don't know. I never doubted that they were there. Um, and then even like in reading the Bible, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that like allude to like extraterrestrial. So I'm like, I don't know how somebody could read this and not, not think so. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That's what's yeah. so funny to me. It's like, yeah. when, when you start reading it, you're like, huh? Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. Crazy. 
this snake-like creature. Yeah, sometimes I'm thinking like, dude, I'm crazy. Like to think about like what I believe, like if I were to say it just like cut and dry, it'd be like sound ridiculous. No, I think that we need to all start sounding more crazy. This is my moment to share this. I think we all need to just like let out the whatever we perceive as crazy just to like see what happens. Well, because (laughs) Like something that I always think about is like, dude, this life that we're living is, I don't know, man. I, I think it might be the most crazy story ever told. Right. Like, right. Like, you know, so in, in all of these movies, like, I mean, we had to have had inspiration somewhere along the line of human history to come up with those things. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, in like the first book of the Bible in Genesis, you know, it talks about, um, you know, like heaven. There was this entity that like wanted to like take charge and ownership of that place and was cast down. It says um, like Lucifer and the third of the angels were cast to the world. But that word world in the original Hebrew means like cosmos. Mm -hmm. And so basically there was just a bunch of entities probably from the next dimension up that were cast down and scattered amongst the cosmos. And I think like over millions and millions of years, they probably developed into small different communities throughout the throughout the cosmos and um, probably adapted to their environments in such ways that like they look like totally different creatures, you know, from each other and, and what we would think. And so I don't know that that makes enough sense for me. Um, right. And then, yeah, there's like all of the ancient Sumerians and um, like the Greek gods and goddesses, because in Genesis, it talks about, um, you know, the Nephilim. I'm sure maybe you've heard of these yeah. beings, but they were like uh, giants, right? Yeah. And so it says that they um, bred with the women of earth and their children became mighty men, men of renown. Um, and so, I mean, I just, first thing I think is like, you know, some of the Greek gods and these like demigod figures that, I mean, would have maybe descended straight from, um, I guess I'll say fallen angels. So that's what that's a that's a pretty bold statement. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was why that one of those things too is I got really into Greek mythology. You know, you you have to for some reason they introduce you to Greek mythology very early on in the school system, yeah. which is like yeah. uh, this is actually way more heavy than <laughs> we're allotting time to. But um, getting there as a kid, I was like, this is so cool, and you start to realize cross across the entire globe each culture has their own story where quote-unquote mythological kind of beings or creatures are existing and you're like so what we didn't have the ability to just call people that we know of unless we were tapped into telepathy and all that stuff which is a whole other conversation we could have so it's like how did across the globe do we get such similar stories yeah Yeah. like Hmm. even um like even more similarities than we would probably want to believe right because they're not just stories of like a flood right because almost every civilization and culture throughout history has a story of a flood but there's also like um man like just the architecture from like the ancient times like all of that architecture was just encoded with information that like is the same like message from another place in the world. Right. Um, so like some of the pyramids in Egypt have the exact same um, like 
base perimeter is some of the like pyramids in Mexico and like Central nice. America. And so to say it's just by chance is kind of crazy. It's crazy. And did you see yeah. too how the pyramids in Egypt, if you look astronic, astro I can't speak today. If you thank you. I think that's right. Yeah. If you look at the astronomy above the pyramids, each point of the pyramid lines up exactly to a star system. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's, it's a Ryan's so, belt. It's so detailed and accurate that it's yeah. almost insane to think about. There's a guy that talks about this a lot. His name's Graham Hancock. Oh, um, I love, yeah. I got Graham's books behind me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some of the stuff he says, I'm like, wow, yeah. I mean, you can't really can't you know, argue say that. things like, dude, if you think, you know, it was, it would have been master craftsmen at the peak of their skill that did it rather than just a labor force of slaves. And then they did it with a lot of care and intention. And yeah, very interesting. Um, it it goes yeah. so deep and that's where I love this argument that we were actually more intelligently wired and I don't mm-hmm. want to use the word intelligent because I don't think that's it but we were more tapped into powers and abilities in right. ancient times and then again our school system again a whole other conversation that would take like a couple hours but We've watered down our knowledge base so much so to let it filter into the public to where there are so many things that don't make sense when you look back on it. So were we really that archaic and primitive during these times? Because, again, with the buildings, it's by itself. How is Anchor Wat? How is it like that? Who did that? you know it's so meticulously detailed and so perfect we don't even have machines that do that kind of stuff yeah yeah we probably don't even fully know how to like extract the information that could be there you know like i was looking at um some of the columns i I don't know if it was an anchor rot or not could have been but the columns are just like these like jagged like on the sides and i'm thinking like it looks a lot like, you know, if you were to turn it horizontal, like almost like a, like, um, you know, when you record audio and there's like the like lines, it almost looks like that, you know? So I'm thinking there's probably all kinds of codes in there that we just like, don't even know how to like read. Oh, I'm so glad Um, you brought this up because there's so much evidence that we used sound and vibration yeah. so much more. So there's this whole theory about how we moved certain, you know, 30 ton boulders to build yeah. with, with sound frequency. Yeah. And, and that's called, um, it's called acoustic levitation. Yes. 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 See, I knew you'd know. Like yeah. <laughs> That <laughs> has been one of the coolest things that I've learned about because it's so simple. And yet mm-hmm. in a way, why? haven't we tried to do that again yeah um and that just wants me to talk about why there's like a lot of things that i feel like are suppressed now and it sucks but um yeah like with cymatic frequencies and stuff some people believe that the um like pyramid of giza is actually because there's chambers inside where you know people would do certain uh mantras or like rituals oh 
And so some people think that it could have been uh, a device to amplify the frequency. Wait, that also yeah. makes a lot of sense because I watched this documentary on triangles and yeah. um, uh, and like three <laughs> and pyramids. I'm like blanking on the word. I'm like yeah. the 3D form of a triangle. Yeah, it's a yeah. pyramid. Jesus, excuse me. <laughs> F- forgive me. Yeah. Um, so they did this experiment with light and how they could harness energy just for power. So technically, yeah. if we stopped living in these box form homes and we changed our homes to be more like pyramids we could harness like somewhere between 100 to 700 more uh, percent more power and more efficiency if we just made a simple shift like that because whatever happens in the base of the pyramid that goes up to the the top of the the point it some somehow that structure amplifies like you're saying so sound whatever is coming out of that that point really is some sort of amplification yeah. tool like yeah. what i mean it could have been just like a whole entire power plant for just wireless energy who knows and it could have been maybe not like electrical energy in the sense that we know but maybe there was some sort of like spiritual energy that like powered yeah. that i don't know I'm, I'm just speaking crazy but um it also no, reminds me makes of, sense. of um i don't know if you've heard the term like antiquitech so no there apparently were um old old buildings that could like harness their own electricity from the atmosphere uh, oh. you see a lot of this if you like research uh tartaria we're getting, we're just talking about like crazy conspiracies. At no, this point, I'm but... so glad you're talking about Tartaria because I had somebody who I wanted to get on here to just go only into Tartaria because yeah. yeah. I don't know much about it. So yeah. I was like, can you please just come on here? He hasn't come on yet, but yeah. yeah so continue. Awesome. I definitely watched that one. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, th- yeah, I don't know. So um, apparently that would have been a territory north of China that some people think the, the group of people would have been responsible for actually building like the Great Wall of China because you can access it from the north side and, and it's just like a weird thing. So, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know much about look it. Up, everybody go look up Tartaria and then come educate yeah. me. Somebody yeah. raise your hand and then you can come on the show and yeah. educate me on Tartaria because I've heard a lot about it recently, but I haven't taken the time to deep dive yet. So I think people refer to it as like a, it's like an antediluvian um, civilization, which would have been like before the flood. Oh. So, um, and when we say flood, I'm I'm thinking like a massive catastrophic, like entire yeah. shifting of like the tectonic plates. I feel like the whole place, like world may would have been destroyed. Right. But I don't know. Maybe there's maybe more recent um, examples of like antiquitech, like even throughout the past few centuries. I don't know. Right. Ooh. And this is just such a, like a cliffhanger right now where I want to keep diving deep into this, but I would literally have to go. Yeah, it, it gets um, super crazy. It'd be like a few hours yeah. <laughs> and I could report back. Yeah. Really quick, because I know we're yeah. hitting our hour mark soon, but really, really quick. I'm circling back right now. Sorry to all the listeners, yeah, but yeah. I have a book behind me and I've talked about it a couple times on the show. It's a book about the giants. And it has to deal 
with or it also has something to do with dinosaurs and how dinosaurs are actually a conspiracy and that dinosaurs that we see in museums are actually just some giant bones and then the rest are manufactured skulls of like what they perceive a giant lizard could look like and I found this so interesting no I have no idea how to confirm or deny this but the book behind me um it's it's down below otherwise I would grab it but it's like the great smithsonian cover-up oh yeah smithsonian definitely has the most cover-ups for archaeology if you want a a keyword to search for it though you can look up bone wars and uh, it's basically when um a few researchers were like in competition to uncover the most like fossils and so they were just putting together all these like different things just to sort of like i don't know no i i'm so that this is humanity in in the works right here. It's always been a competition to see who can do something yeah. first. Yeah. So then we just like water down all the actual information, just create something yeah. like random. Like, this happens so many times. Yeah, it reminds me of like the space race or something, but. Uh, right, yeah. right. But I was gonna say though too. Um... Okay, continue. <laughs> I was gonna ask you a controversial question. Continue first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently before like the 1800s, um like no one said dinosaurs like oh. they replaced the word dragons with dinosaurs yes so like too. Bef- before like just 200 years ago the word dinosaurs didn't even exist people just said there was the time of like dinosaur dragons which is crazy which makes sense because in folklore and mythology you don't hear anything about dinosaurs you hear tons of stuff about dragons yeah and apparently uh, Marco Polo went to Asia throughout his life and recorded seeing dragons. I don't doubt it. Another weird thing to research in your free time. <laughs> right, but, like yeah. when you've got the time. What was but the no, controversial question? So my controversial question, and just so you know, me and Kylan both are sovereign. We're happy. We don't want anything to happen to us. So if any, you know what I mean? So like this opinion, it's... It, yeah. We are free and and happy. Um, Kubrick, moon, yes, no, possibly Kubrick, uh, moon landing. What do you think about it? Um, I don't know if the original time that we said we went to the moon was true. Um, I think we have been to the moon since then i don't know if it was fully disclosed but i think this leads me into a really strange topic okay go for (laughs) it yes yes (laughs) i told myself i wasn't going to talk about this just because like i get (laughs) crazy talking about it (laughs) um but like how how funny that i knew the one thing you didn't want to talk about i'm so sorry (laughs) well it's not so much that but like it's just this like it's a thing I think about kind of often where I'm like, dude, if people don't like start to recognize like what could be happening, like it'd be too late. Yeah. So like in 2012, there's a company called D-Wave that developed the first like quantum computer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like for the people watching that are not familiar with the quantum computer, it's basically just, um, it's not really a computer, right? 
Like you could have the most advanced like Intel style processing computer in the world and then not even come close to like what a quantum computer does. Um, basically these machines are built off like theoretical physics and, um, so they can calculate many different possibilities simultaneously. Um, there's like to explain the physics a little bit, there's this like, uh, pulse super factor and these like big machines that look like a refrigerator and it like basically has this chip inside that is cooled to interstellar space temperatures, like almost above, like just barely above absolute zero, they might be able to do it at room temperature now, which is also kind of crazy. But um, anyway, whoa, whoa, okay. So this like new technology is basically um, creating, it's, it's creating an, ex it's increasing the rate of technological progression, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, um, you know, maybe before it took us like a hundred years to get from like the phone or like a landline to like the internet or something. But like now with this type of technology, that type of growth is something we could do in like a few days, right? Yeah. And so we used to say that, man, like the government and like the technology that they have, they're probably like, 15, 20 years more advanced than like the average like mm -hmm. public is. But now like with this type of like machinery, um, they could like accentuate that gap by like hundreds of years. So like, um, unless like the general public has access to this and can grow like a, in accordance with like the government agencies that are using this technology, like dude, they could have like moon bases that are like beyond what we can possibly comprehend because mm -hmm. they're using technology that we have no idea so like they could be 200 years more technologically progressed than what we think is you know right i i think it was like nikola tesla that said like um like there will be future technologies that's like indistinguishable from magic yes i'm not yes. sure so Dude, I, if they're like moon bases on the moon, like I, I wouldn't doubt it. I think that there's like, I've heard like the Pentagon releasing stuff talking about like off world built like machines. And so like, I don't know. Uh, I think that there's probably some definitely stuff going on on the moon. I, I too agree because the thing about the initial uh, quote initial moon landing to me that was suspicious was okay, it's in the 60s. We couldn't even really get a landline to call another country very easily, but somehow we got to call the moon and it was crystal clear communication. He's like on the phone, like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm on the moon. Right. <laughs> like one step for uh, humanity, whatever. I don't even know the thing anymore. Um, one one giant step for mankind like how was that crystal clear on the moon that was always the the thing that i got because i i too believe that we have been there and i think that we continue to go there and that we would just never know it for sure and uh but yeah the initial moon landing suspect, have you, uh, have you heard where there were some i don't know if it was an apollo mission or which one it was but there was a 
uh, rocket that was going by the moon and they like detached I think I hope I'm telling the story right but there was like a detached part of the rocket that like was the best option was for it to crash it into the moon but when they did that the they like reported that the moon they said it rang like a bell and so it like put a lot of like thought and conspiracy into the air of that the moon could be like hollow so that's like that's a whole nother thing so that is a whole other thing because somebody said i watched this documentary where they said that the moon is actually just a surveillance device on us in our orbit And, and just thinking about like the like perfect position of the moon like it it rotates at the exact same speed earth does it's like you know 400 times smaller than the sun but 400 times closer than the sun so it gives it a perfect like eclipse like interesting it's actually actually crazy oh there's just so much to think about (laughs) yeah 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 oh my gosh well kylan again we had this is kylan kincaid everybody obviously you could tell that this conversation could have gone on for more hours and so i would love to have you back to further up the discussion maybe we could do like a full you know conspiracy kind of thing we just we just dabbled today yeah we we got to get a a certain topic so i can i'll I'll dive into it beforehand and then we'll come to the table with some crazy things okay bet bet come come with like all the details on whatever it is that you want to pick and uh we'll go from there but if anybody too wants to talk to you about any of this kind of stuff or wants to maybe speak on some christianity or how they can get involved with the ministry or anything like that where can people find you yeah um anyway i mean i talk to people on instagram all the time that just reach out to me with just random questions and stuff so uh yeah what's Uh, your handle my name so it's kylan k-y-l-a-n and then m37 um but yeah dude i am more than happy to talk about pretty much anything that you or anyone wants to talk about i mean it could be trauma in your life it could be um just questions about the universe i love all of that stuff so yeah. um, i love it because kylan is really a safe space for anybody who would you know if you if you're going through a tough time like obviously you heard his experience on this episode i think that was really lovely that you dove deep and and shared um the things that you've been through because i think a lot of people could resonate and they might be going through something similar and they don't really know how to navigate it and so if we can at all help anybody navigate a situation that we have gone through then I feel like that is one way to activate that heart center like you were talking about earlier yeah yeah Yeah. well again everybody this is Kylan Kincaid you can find him at Kylan M337 love it all right everybody you just listen to a whole nother hour and something of the flip side podcast where we talk everything upside down and inside out. And I think we did exactly that today and I hope you guys enjoyed. So we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Guys.